It's time to talk UK sports with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is the Leach Report Radio Network. Join in the discussion by tweeting your questions to at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call 877-904-1080. Now, along with an outstanding lineup of guests and broadcast to the most passionate fan base in America, the Big Blue Nation, here's the voice of the Wildcats. Tom Leach. Hey, good morning. Not today. You got stuck with Ryan Lemon today here on the Leach Report. Tom taking the day off here on this hump day Wednesday on the Leach Report. Ryan Lemon with Shannon the Dude STD. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning, Ryan. And before we get into anything too serious, I have to ask you a question. Because inquiring, yes, minds, inquiring minds want to know, do you reuse toothpicks? <laughs> I heard uh, that you reuse absolutely. toothpicks after you use a toothpick. I think that's an old man thing because I absolutely reuse toothpicks. Yes. And my wife made fun of me last night on her little Facebook Live I thing. I saw that, yeah. Uh, I re- yeah, my, I remember my grandpa doing it. I remember my dad doing it. And now I find myself doing it. If I use a toothpick and I'll just put it down and use it again later, maybe even tomorrow, maybe even next week, if I know where it is, I'll go grab it and use it again. Yes, I will reuse a toothpick. That's disgusting. Yes. I got one in my car. Oh, no. Because I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you may need one and you don't always have one. So after you use it, you put it in a spot where you know you can always – it's a, it's a go-to. It's the go-to toothpick in your car. Yeah. All right. Just wanted to get uh-huh. that clear. Wanted to clear that up. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good way to lead off the leech report. <laughs> and I, I know it sounds, it sounds disgusting, but I know there's older gentlemen across the, the Commonwealth right now saying, well, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I re, I'll reuse a toothpick if I have to. Yeah. You got to get that – that little piece of bacon out of there, Shannon. That's right. And you just don't have toothpicks laying around. But if you got that go-to toothpick that you kind of got hidden somewhere, that you just keep hidden or, you know, you, you're in your go-to spot, <laughs> you can go to it and get it out of there. That's right. Well, yeah. let's get on to the Wildcat mm-hmm. news of the day. No, I remember my grandpa <laughs> using his toothpick and putting it back in his shirt pocket like where his <laughs> okay. pencils were All or right. his ink pens. All right. And Putting his toothpick down in there. I can remember it plain as day. Right. I guess I've become my grandpa now. I guess you have. Yeah. Right. And that is your Wildcat News of the Day. <laughs> presented by Cardinal Point Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. <laughs> Tom's going to kill us. Tom's like, what in the world have I done? I've turned this show that I've built up over the years all my reputation and i've turned it over to ryan and shannon yep. and look what they've done to it in a matter of five minutes yep goodness gracious i listened to you and michael bennett this morning on uh, just a catch radio mm-hmm. uh you giving the biz- giving him a little business this morning that's why i like yep we were talking about the uh california state situation where they said that they were going to go to online classes this fall and we were wondering you know if that's the case will they play any 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 uh, fall sports, you know, football, basketball. Will any of that happen? And if not, would players be able to transfer without having to sit out a year? Man, you got to let them. You got to if if Cal State right now is going to online classes only, 
and they say, hey, we're not having any fall sports, you got to let those kids transfer and be eligible immediately. You have to, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I think so. I you think, have to. I think this maybe is what fast tracks, you know, the idea of players not having to sit out a year. You know, they were talking about passing oh, that I anyway. Agree. I think this is a great opportunity to do that, and, and hopefully this will, you know, make, make that happen for a lot of these kids in the situations to where they're, you know, at a school that's not going to play this fall. And like you pointed out, what if you're a senior? This is your senior year, right? and you're a, a fall sport athlete, a football player, or, or men's soccer or something that plays in the fall, and all of a sudden they go to online classes and no fall sports. Like, wh- wh- you know, you have to let that guy transfer, and the NCAA has to let him be eligible immediately. I think that's a, a no-brainer that you just have to let that happen. And in Cal State, it's not going to be the only school that does this. I mean, it, it's just maybe the first big, big school – that makes it official, but it's going to be a ton of schools that does this, goes to online classes. The question is whether they're going to let their athletic programs compete or not. Yeah, and you got to think that there's a lot of players that want to play. Maybe all of them want to play. Of course, they want to do it in a safe way, in a safe environment, but you got to think that there's a lot of players that want to play and, and will you know transfer if they can go immediately and play at a different school. You've heard us talk a lot on KSR about how the football budget carries the revenue for the entire athletic budget at every school. Just if you, if you've got a football program, that money you bring in pretty much carries the the rest of the revenue budget for your athletic program. So if if you don't have that football budget, okay, that may shut down the, your other programs. So now you got to wonder, what, what what's Cal State going to do? Are they going to shut down some other programs? Yeah, I don't know. You know, this is where we're getting into in the next couple of months if they don't have classes, if they don't have football. That's, that's, that's the snowball effect that may happen if you don't have classes and you then you don't have football this fall. All right, well, we have, we have got a Hall of Fame Lineup of guests, Shannon, lined up for you today. That's right. Josh Josh Moore from the Lexington Herald Leader is going to be our leadoff hitter. Chris Fisher from Cat's Paul's batting number two. And then Kentucky Wesleyan alumni legend, John Lewis from WDRB. Leach Report served up by Wild Eggs today, so stick around. 502-571-1080. That's your phone number. Ryan Lemon, Shannon the Dude. We'll be right back. This is the Leach Report. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. All right, welcome back. Ryan Lemon, Shannon the Dude on the Leach Report, where we've taught you one thing today. Toothpicks is a value. There are valuable assets you want to keep and hand down for generation to generation. <laughs> Family heirlooms. <laughs> and, we're, and we're proud to bring now onto the Leach Report. One of my favorite people in Lexington, uh, Josh Moore from the Lexington Herald-Leader. Uh, guests, by the way, uh, on the Leach Report, come to you on the Kentucky Hemp Works Hotline. Uh, hello, Josh Moore. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Ryan. It sounds like you are having a pretty fun morning. I'm, I'm just getting started myself. I'm a little, uh, I'm, a, I'm a slow riser. Yeah. Uh, now, you're, you're, where are you from? You from Ashland? I'm from uh, Martin County. I know the people, the, the, the water problems we've had the last you know, few years are Martin, probably man, the that's right. people most identify with. Uh, it's near Ashland, though. It's probably it's about what, 
35 minutes, probably 45 minutes from Ashland. Yeah. Something like that. I knew you were, I thought you were from the, the Ashland area. You know, we're doing county by county on KSR and we just did Boyd County. That's why I asked you that. So we, we haven't got to Martin County yet. And when we get to Martin County, you'll have to make, okay, we got Trey James. We, we're doing athletes from each county. Uh, we have to hit some other famous athletes. Has Trey James decided yet where he's going to go since he decommitted from Wake Forest? No, I don't, and it's interesting with Trey. He's, I mean, because I think I was kind of surprised when the you know, Wake Forest, when he committed to Wake Forest to begin with, but I guess he really seemed to, he likes Coach Manning and, and had a, um, you know, had really liked what they were doing down there. And I guess, I mean, obviously <laughs> that that whole thing has turned into a, it, its own ordeal. Um, I, I think, I mean, I kind of get the feeling it's going to work out pretty good for him, though, because I think he was getting, um, there were a lot of schools that were interested in him that, you know, you would say were probably, more basketball kind of places you, you think guys you would want to go um, that were keeping tabs on him. So I think some of those places have reached out and are continuing to, to monitor him. And I, mean, I think he'll, I think it'll work out for the best for Trey. And he's a good kid. It comes from a good, good family, people that have spent a lot of time around the game. And yeah, I think he'll, I, I still, I still feel bad for him and so many of those kids that didn't get to play in Sweet 16 because that was, I mean, I was, I mean, I, you know, I, I was, I was there. I got to see them win their 15th region for the first time since the, since the 80s, and and just, you know, it was really disappointing, you know, to see that happen. So he'll be back next year, and hopefully can can get them back back into the into the tournament. Now, yeah, one of your duties for the uh, Herald Leader, you cover high school sports. What what does your gut tell you about? the high school football season and high school sports coming up this fall. What do you – just what do you think? If you had to predict right now here on March 12th, what do you think is going to happen? March 13th. Yeah, man. Uh, it's it's tough. I mean, I know we talk a lot about the college and worry about the, about the college stuff, and rightfully so, and because and those kids matter too. But, I mean, I, I worry more for the high school kids with all this. Um because I think the colleges, they can, it's easier for them to, you know, if they have to push to like January or something, they can do that more easily. That's not going to be as easy for high school to do if they had to, if they had to make a decision like that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I was talking with one of my coworkers yesterday. I wake up every day and it's hour to hour how I feel about all this stuff changes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just so hard to, to get a good read on everything. Uh, I'm optimistic, you know, overall. I think they'll play. Um, I think, like, the colleges, I'm not convinced that college football will start on time. So I, I'm not, you know, I don't know if you'll get a, a, a full high school season. Um, but if they were to start in October or, or something, it, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. And, uh, again, and, and it's just, you know, I, I think they will be maybe more cautious, end up being more cautious than the colleges just because you're dealing with younger kids. Um, and there's not as much of a, I mean, it, there is a financial, you know, element there for the high schools and, and the, and the kids, you know, the, the, but they're not as connected to that, uh, machine as, as the college, you know, as, as college sports is, as college football is for college sports. I was talking to a, a local football coach the other day and see what you think about his take on it was. He goes, look. We may start when school starts. You know, we won't have any of that summer practice. Uh, but we'll all, all teams will be in the same boat. You know, we'll just have we're just gonna have a shortened practice time. 
We won't get to play our preseason scrimmages, those preseason bowl games. You know, we're just going to have a shortened preparation time. And we may get to play, and it may be with, you know, no fans. It may be, you know, with no student bodies, no cheerleaders. But, you know, we don't make, the schools don't make a lot of money on football games as like the colleges do. So he was kind of optimistic that maybe it would happen. What, what was your, what's your thoughts about that? Yeah, I do think. I mean, if you if you if, if it happens, if it's play, if it starts on time, even um, it, it seems unlikely that they'll have. Yeah, you won't have student sections. You probably won't have your your. You know, it might be. You might get like maybe each kid can get you know, maybe two parents or something. You know, because because at least that's the thing. You know, with a football stadium, you can space people out, um, and that's true even in a college stadium. You know, if you try, you can you can you know Kroger Field, you can probably get seven thousand people in there. And, and, you know, be following the social distancing uh, measures, you know, adequately, um, for the most part. So you can do that in a football stadium where every, you know, most, most, most teams have, you know, somewhere between 60 and, and, uh, well, at least, you know, six, eight teams have about 60 to, to 80 kids. And you're, you're, so you're what you're looking at 160 parents, you know, if you, yeah. if you give them each two or two tickets, you know, however they end up, you know, deciding to use them. Um, you can space, I mean, I think you could, Space out 160 people in a in a football stadium, or even if you just made it to where only one parent could come, then you. I mean, then you're looking. I think you know most of these you know stadiums are big enough. You can do that, um, and and maybe maybe you just say you only do that for the home team too. Like you don't you know the road team. You're they're just you know. <laughs> I guess you're, you're you're at that point. You're not worried about stuff like home field advantage. Stuff. You True. Just want, I mean, you just want to get the games in, and and if you can have parents there, great. Um, and if you have to make the call and offer parents there, I mean, I think they will. I mean, I do think, especially the bigger schools and the schools that um, have kind of like around here. I mean, Prep's been such a big um, entity that they can. You know, I think they would be able to find a way to meet the needs to where they could stream the games and stuff. So that's a way that people would would, would be able to still engage with it. And and they do a good job. And I think that's something that you could see. You know, maybe you could see more places kind of open up to that kind of idea. Because I mean, a lot of places. The only reason they don't stream games, I mean, the technology is such that you can do that pretty easily at a lot of places now. But they don't do it because they're afraid of losing gate money. Um, they're you know going just getting the tickets and the concessions and stuff. Well, if you can't have people come anyway, why not do it? I got to ask you one more before we let you go. One of the hats you wear for the Herald Leader is uh, UK women's basketball. Matthew Mitchell, he has become you know the John Calipari of recruiting. You know, not only do you get Ryan Howard back, you've brought in Treasure Hunt, you know, and now you're you're getting commitments from these and transfers from great, great basketball talent. I mean, if you're not getting excited about what he's doing with the UK women's program, you need to kind of take notice of what's going on over there. Yeah, it's pretty incredible what what Matthew's done, especially. I mean, I'm sure you you've noted this too that. I mean, because just a few years ago, it looked like they were they were going. The ship was was sinking, and and now you, I mean, now you've you know you've 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 plugged the holes and and, and things are going great. Um, I mean, there you 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 look at what they've got coming back, and especially if those if those transfers get you know eligible, if whether it's you know immediately through a waiver or this NCAA rule ever actually gets passed, and we all finally get to stop just talking about it I'm, I'm so sick of just talking about that rule i'm ready for just some clarity one way or the other on it um 
then you're, you're looking at a team. They could be a top-five team next year, um, which is incredible when you look at all the turmoil that they were going through a few yeah. years ago. I mean, it's very – I mean, it's incredibly impressive. And also, I mean, look at um, – I think throw Craig Skinner a little bit of a bone, too, there. It's true. One recruiting. I mean, that's – Ball. I mean, and they've plugged. They've been you know, kind of doing a similar thing to that the that the women's basketball team has done, where they've kind of been plugging away and plugging away, and and just finally can't you know can't get over that hump to where they make the final four, um, or you know, but 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 I mean they they're killing it too. So I think it, it's great to see the women's sports. That was actually after you know after football and basketball, volleyball is actually probably my favorite sport to watch. So it's been pretty. That's pretty exciting to see. Um, them keep that intact and, and able to keep trucking. Follow him on Twitter at Josh Moore HL. Josh, we appreciate it, man. Look forward to seeing you back on the sidelines again. Eventually, one of these days, we'll get to see you again. So, Josh, we appreciate it, man. Good talking to you. Thank you, Ryan. Anytime, man. All right, that is Josh Moore. All right, we'll take our break. Come back. Got a lot more coming up here on the Leech Report. Brought to you by Wild Eggs. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Yeah, we're talking. Little Darius Rucker for you here on a Wednesday morning. You know, I heard you and Michael Bennett talking about uh, the Darlington uh, NASCAR race coming up. Yeah. Darius Rucker, I think, is singing the national anthem, or he's singing a concert or doing something before the Darlington race. Oh really? Oh, I didn't say. Yeah, that. I guess I'll be. Uh-huh. Looking, I know you'll be looking forward to that. That's the only important part about the whole race. <laughs> hey, I want to compliment you on your interview with Dakel Crowdis yesterday on KSR. I thought you did a great job, and it was good to have him on with us. And I think he's going to be a. I mean, well, one of the. You heard Freddie Maggart say one of the you know most important crews that Stoops has gotten in years. I, well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate yeah. it because, like I said, he's he's just kind of a quiet, shy guy. Uh, you know, he's, he's a, one of my son's best friends, so I've known him for a long time. And he, he's, he's going to end up in the NFL. I mean, he's an NFL type guy just with his speed and his talent. That's what I can't wait to see, just how quick he is. He's, he's, he's got, God gave him two jet engines for legs. I mean, he's just super fast. Yeah. And Kentucky has just not had that, uh, in their offense the last couple of years. You know, Drew brought up, you know, Jeff Bidette kind of had that, but we really couldn't use it. Because we didn't have a quarterback that could throw it. Well, we've got those quarterbacks coming up in the next couple of years. Yep. So, all right, we'll take our break. And come back. We got Chris Fisher. We'll talk a little bit more about Dekel and a little basketball news. We come back here on the Leach Report. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now here's Tom. All right, welcome back. Ryan Lemon and Shannon the Dude in for Tom Leach today on the Wednesday version of the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs. And joining us now uh, is Chris Fisher, as he does every Wednesday here on the Leach Report. Uh, Chris, how you doing today? I'm doing great. What's up, Ryan? You, you've been doing the Leach Report from, like, his since he first started here uh, on the Leach Report, coming in, like, once a week. So I know you, uh, Tom very much appreciates that. Your weekly appearances. You can follow Chris at Chris Fisher twenty four seven. A lot I want to talk to you about. First, let's let's, let's start with basketball. What what is going on with uh, how, how you pronounce it? Maker Macker Maker Maker Macker. What is how you really pronounce this guy's name? I think it's McCure Maker. Yeah, McCure Maker is how you pronounce his name. What 
what is really going on with this guy? Well, he declared for uh, the 2020 NBA draft, and you know, Kentucky, this was a kid Kentucky was very interested in about a year ago, and and really started turning the heat up on, and then. There was talk that, you know, much like his cousin Thonmaker, uh, who was, you know, a lottery pick in the 2016 NBA draft, that he was wanting to turn pro straight out of high school. And Kentucky basically said, look, we like you, we want you, and if you ever get serious about playing college basketball, then let us know. And so there wasn't much contact between Kentucky and Maker over the last year or so, and then um, upon declaring for the draft, he says that he's open to playing college basketball and that Kentucky and UCLA and Oregon and Auburn are the schools that, that he would be interested in. Now, I'm still very skeptical that he ever plays college basketball. I think, um, you know, putting that on the table and having schools like Kentucky listed may give you a little bit more leverage in, you know, signing a, a deal with, uh, you know, the G League or, or elsewhere. But it remains to be seen. You know, it's, it's another option on the table for Kentucky. And, and if you're Kentucky right now, you need some options. There's no guarantee that Olivier Saar will be eligible next season. Um, you know, it, it, I think it that's a, something that could go either way. And uh, you have to keep as many, you know, balls in the air as possible for as long as you can and and give yourself some options at this late stage in the game now was it john rothstein i think he was the guy that i guess was just recently that had the report that said hey hold the phone kentucky and ucla are seriously being considered by him as possible college choices am i right about that Right. He he told Evan Daniels a couple weeks ago that, you know, he was going to look at Kentucky and UCLA and Oregon and Auburn. And, yeah, John Rothstein reported that Kentucky and UCLA might be the, the two favorites should he choose to play college basketball. And I still think that's a big if at this point. Okay, okay. So you still think that's that's the second choice. He, you still think that NBA is number one choice. But if he decides to play college basketball, Kentucky or UCLA might, would be the two he might consider. Yeah, I think what threw a big wrench into his plans after, you know, with the the pre-draft process, much of it being eliminated, you know, you can't interview with teams, you can't have individual workouts. They, so, you know, the, the NBA draft combine is, is still unlikely to happen. And so a guy like McCurr Maker, who whose draft stock may be, you know, fringe second round, doesn't really have a way to get himself in front of NBA decision makers and increase his stock into a second round pick or a first round pick. And so I think looking at his college options all of a sudden seem a lot more attractive than uh, than they did previously. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. I would still be skeptical that uh, he ever plays one second of college basketball. But again, it's a nice option for Kentucky to fall back on. Well, the, the other option, I guess, that is out there is the uh, Evansville potential transfer, DeAndre Williams. People thought he may even commit last weekend. Here it is Wednesday, still no decision. What what are you hearing or what are your thoughts on what he's going to do? Yeah, he's another guy that uh, I think Kentucky really likes. And, and again, 
you know, I, I'm not sure he brings anything different to the table than what Kentucky already has. But again, if you're not a hundred percent sure that Olivier Saar will be eligible next season, he's a really nice insurance policy uh, to kind of have waiting in the wings. And so, um, I think Kentucky is in the mix, but it's been my experience with these types of recruitments that. You know, when a kid says he's ready to decide or he's close to a decision, the longer those things go, they typically don't play out very well for uh, Kentucky. And so uh, I've heard Arkansas uh, may be the team to beat throughout this process. But, you know, this has been, I think, a really difficult one to to really get a, a good read on. Yeah, I mean, when right, right now, as you keep saying, you know, Olivier Saar, even though he's committed, there's there's no guarantee he's going to be eligible. And I think the comments he made about it being a, quote, business decision hurt him, hurt his chances of becoming eligible. So Kentucky still needs to go out there and find them somebody who can play the five. And right now they've got nobody. So if, if, what, what, if you had to say, what do you think will end up happening? I mean, honestly, I, I think – I think it's really close to to a coin flip. It, it really is about fifty fifty. I think he has an interesting case in that you know he wanted to declare for the draft. He was talked out of doing so and returned to school, and then had his coach fired just you know I think forty eight hours prior to the underclassmen uh, deadline to declare for the NBA draft. And so I, I think he has a little bit of a case there. Historically, the NCAA hasn't granted. Uh, immediate eligibility for coaching changes. But I think the two big X factors in this thing are, one, being so close to approving the one-time transfer rule you know, and say, well, you know, let's just go ahead and give it to him. We're going to, you know, we're going to pass the one-time transfers for next season anyway. Let's just go ahead and do right by him and, and have him be immediately eligible. And the other thing is, is how will the NCAA handle this with the COVID-19 crisis? Will they give him a little bit of a pass there? But it's not like he's would be moving closer to home or anything like that. But I could see the NCAA who needs about as much good press as they could possibly get right now uh, with the, the current state of affairs with the G League and everything else to go ahead and just give him a pass and say, you know, we'll give this kid the, the benefit of the doubt. So I think those are the two big, big X factors in, in what will be his case. He's Chris Fisher, Cats Pauls. You'll follow him at Chris Fisher 24-7. Uh, you hear him every week here on the Leach Report. Chris, we appreciate it, man. Good stuff. Kind of filling us in on what's going on there with Calipari's continuing quest to find a big guy. So we appreciate it, Chris. Thank you very much. All right. Take care, Ryan. Thank, thank you, man. Chris Fisher. All right. We'll take another break. Come back. John Lewis, Kentucky Wesleyan's finest from WDRB. will join us. We come back on the Leach Report. Don't go away. Find out more about the Voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. All right, welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs, Ryan Lemon, and Shannon the Dude. Uh, I didn't even tell you, Shannon, I'm up in the KSR, KS Bar and Grill office doing the show today. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's cold as dog crap up here by the way <laughs> i don't think that's a good analogy no oh, it is 
I don't know what's going on with the heater up here, but it's cold up in here today. Yeah. Uh, Drew Franklin has walked up in here because we're going to do KSR uh, uh, show up in here later. Uh, guests on the Leach Report come to you on the Kentucky Hemp Works Hotline as well, and we are honored, Shannon. You know, you're some you're some stinky Bellerman knight. You're our rival. Mm-hmm. We're Kentucky Wesleyan Panthers. We 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 don't like you. You're our GLVC rival. If you're a Bellerman player, that's right. Yeah, uh, we are Kentucky Wesleyan. We are proud. Count the banners, baby. How John many do you Lewis. have? How many banners? Oh, nine, nine national championship basketball banners, and that's one more than the UK Wildcats. By the way, I'd like to add. Mm. That's right. Count them. Uh, John Lewis from WDRB, proud Kentucky Wesleyan alumni. John, we are also proud mass communication majors. From Kentucky, <laughs> look what it did! Look, look what it did for us, John. Look where we are today. Look, look where we are now on a after being on a fifth. What was a fifteen? Or no, it was a five thousand watt FM station back in the day. Yeah, we we made it big time, brother. WKWC. Did you have to work any shifts in that radio station? Ninety point three WKWC was my home for four years. There, I worked. I started my work study there my freshman year. First semester freshman year, worked there. Got got elevated to news and sports director there at one time. I mean, that was huge. That's oh, pretty huge for a boy from Hyden. I, I got to tell you, my first ever Shannon, first ever radio shift yeah. at WKWC. I had to introduce and play like a side of an album by Beethoven, and like <laughs> <laughs> you were playing Beethoven, yeah, or Bach. Oh, yeah. Was this in the eighteen hundreds? I mean, what? no, it was, it was, it's a classical radio station. Oh man! And like I'd have to say, you so know, you're responsible for putting people to sleep. Then, oh, but the, the response is just overwhelming. People just loved it, <laughs> but I had to introduce it. So, like, you know, I have to come on and say, you know. Up next on 90.3 WKWC, Bach in 5th AC minor, or whatever it was. A brand you know. new artist, Beethoven. <laughs> and then, then you put the needle on the album, and then you're done for yeah. you know 15 minutes. There were you know? records, records, right. Records. And then when it's over, you know, you got to flip it, flip it over and put the needle back down and play the other side. It's amazing. It was, it, was, it, was an, it was an incredible learning experience. You learned, learned how stuff that no one will understand today, queuing records and hitting the cart. That's true. That's true. But, John, then you remember, though, it was a big moment, like, at the top of the hour when you got to say the weather. Uh, that, that was probably the most nervous I've been in my complete broadcast career. Was Me too. A 17-year-old on the radio reading the weather report. I was excited, nervous. I think I got through it. I, don't even, I blanked out. Me too. I'm with you. Scared to death. But well, now, see, you're big time. Now you're WDRB, big time there in the big city. Uh, Huge, yeah. In, in lockdown. Are you one of the guys that, that have to do everything from your house, or are you going in the building? Yeah, we have. Uh, I'm one of the crews who are on the in the outside of the building, the way they've got it set up. If I do need to go inside the building to get anything, we actually, our crews that are on the outside, we go through a different door, and they've got a one of our studios set up as kind of a temporary editing place, but I do 99% of the stuff from home, which, you know, we do a lot of stuff on the road anyway, you know, cover basketball, football games. So it was kind of, we were ahead of the curve on that, but it is, it's, it's very different. I mean, it is, but I, I'm, uh, I've got a, my home office set up in my basement and uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's really not been that bad. It's just been very different. What did you think on 
the back and forth between the U of L football players and the Kentucky football players after uh, Dekel Crowdis committed to Kentucky, and then Jordan Watkins made the little tweet about, "Well, if you're a wide receiver, why would you pick a college? While all you're going to do is go and block." And then, bam, 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 back and forth, back and forth. What, what was your take on all that? I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, it, it, these are kids that have they've got some pent up energy and a lot of time on their hands. There are worse ways to expend that in these days right now. So I thought it was good. And, it, you know, it just goes to show this rivalry, it doesn't matter if we're in lockdown or if it's the night before the game or if it's kickoff or tip-off. That rivalry is it, – it goes at 100 miles per hour all the time. I thought, it was, I thought it was pretty funny. I didn't see, you know, not a whole lot of cheap shots, just rivalry talk. I mean, they're, you know, they might have got crossed the line a couple times maybe. But, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. And it just it, – again, it shows you. These kids, they've got some uh, – little time on their hands and spent up energy, and there are worse ways to spend it. I'm totally with you. See, I, I didn't even see anybody that really crossed the line. Maybe I, 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 I missed it. But I thought, for the most part, it was just good back and forth the way the rivalry's supposed yeah. to be, you know? And, you know, and I, I think they had an audience, and I think they knew they had an audience, so they kept, <laughs> they kept it going. It was good. It was fine. Yeah, I mean, keep the rivalry alive. It's, it, it, as we all know, it's not hard. Anybody who's been around this rivalry for as long as we have, we know it's not hard. Are they going to get to play this this fall? And when will they get to play this fall? Yeah, that's the question. I I, I think, you know, and the NCAA president. And this is what kind of opens the door for it's not. It's not going to be. We already know it's not going to be a normal opening. But Mark Emmert said to ESPN that he's pretty much going to leave it up to the schools to decide and maybe the conferences to decide so the ncaa is not as of now they're not going to say you can come back at this appointed time it's almost like leaving it up to the you know the governor like the president leaving it up to the governors to decide here's what you know here are kind of the guidelines but you can do it when you want to do it so i don't think we're going to see a, a normal opening i hope they can play this fall but i don't think it's going to be a full schedule and i think one of the easiest things to do is if they do decide to do this, um, you can't play with that many fans in the stands. And until there's a vaccine, there's not going to be a return to normalcy. But to me, I think you, you, you just play maybe a conference schedule. You can't, I don't think they're going to be able, I don't think any school is going to be able to play a full schedule. I'll say that. You can't play, you know, your three or four non-conferences. Go ahead and play your full, play your conference schedule. And you might be able to do it in November or December. I, I don't know, but I, I try to be optimistic about it, but just thinking about the logistics and knowing how many schools really count on ticket sales, and then you're going to say, well, they got to play in an empty stadium. I just, I just can't see that working because of how much football costs to put on to travel, and then, and not even to mention the danger, the danger that there is right now. I, I just, it, it's hard for me to be optimistic that it's a full season. And you mentioned the travel. Uh, there's a writer for Kentucky Sports Radio you may have heard of him. His name is Drew Franklin. Have you heard of him? Heard of him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Heard, the, heard he, of that guy. He wrote a post last night on KSR about basketball for the non-conference season that it should just be like a bus schedule where UK could just should just – all their non-conference games should just be UofL, EKU, yep. Moorhead, Northern, Marshall, Cincinnati – eliminates what kind think, of a lot of what you were just talking about i think that is a i think that's a great idea i mean it really is i mean you know bring or have, you know what bring back the ukit how about how, how many of those schools would love to play at rupp arena 
and you could, you know, it, it would be almost like the MLB, one of the MLB plans they had talked about where they were going to try to play maybe all in Phoenix and sequester everyone in hotels. I mean, they, you know, it would it certainly would be a lot less unwieldy to do that with uh, with basketball than it would be with, you know, football or baseball or anything else. But I think that's a great idea. Make this, make this a, a regional sport for this year, and I think you get a lot in. I think that's a really good yeah. idea. I'll give, give Drew credit on that one. Yeah, because, you know, Major League Baseball even talked about that, dividing it yeah. up into three regions and have, like, St. Louis be in a region with the Reds, the Tigers, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Brewers, you know, keep it like that. So why can't college basketball do that as well just to kind of save the season? And, and maybe – College football would do that also in a non-conference way. And then once the SEC starts, we're kind of in a region area anyway. You know, I don't know. It's, it may be something that they're just going to have to do on a, just one time just to save the season. Well, and, you know, and I'm not, I'm certainly, right, not trying to compare this to World War II or something, but in those times where, you know, sports had to adjust, they found ways to do it. I mean, even – uh, some people have probably read about the Steagles, where the Steelers and the Eagles combined to form a team because you know a lot of players were at war, and they found ways to 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 adapt and still be able to play the game. Now, this is a much different atmosphere, and there are there are dangers to even show up for these games. But yeah, they can adapt, and and, and at colleges, I think, and universities have, especially here in this state, they have got some guys at the helm who could figure out a way to do it and do it right. So I, I hope, I really do hope that we at least get a, bas- a full basketball season in, if not a full football season in. Well, he was Gary Drum's favorite pupil at Kentucky Wesleyan College. <laughs> yeah, he is, no doubt. He is John Lewis, uh, Kentucky Wesleyan Panthers' finest. All right, John, we appreciate it. WDRB, appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks, buddy. Always good to talk to a Panther legend. Here we go. John Lewis, WDRB. All right, we'll take our final break, come back our final segment, and wrap it up here on the Leach Report. Don't go away. All right, welcome back. We're wrapping it up here on the Leach Report. Big thanks to all of our guests today, and a big thanks to Shannon the Dude. Stick around. On most of these stations, we got Kentucky Sports Radio coming up. Tom Leach will be back tomorrow. Thank you. Goodbye. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hello. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time right here on The 